All right. You're going to be tempted to stop the show. Maybe you just normally stop the show when I start going into all the who does our uh, legal stuff and who does our social media. Don't stop the show until the show ends this week. Trust me. Just trust me on this. And of course, he is being ridden <laughs> slash commanded <laughs> by Hissler. Hissler. <laughs> Hissler. Is that, is that like Hersler and Hissler? I had a whole moment where I was like, is Hitler copyrighted? Like, is this a... Since they had to get the knockoff Chinese brand. Is there a defi... Like, can you get a defamation case against you if you say shit about Hitler? It's Trump's America. I wouldn't be surprised. God awful movie. 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 Welcome back to the Gamcast, where each week we sample another selection from religious cinema because sometimes you find one that makes it all worthwhile. I'm your host, No Illusions, and unfortunately, Heath is unable to join us today. And I mean, like, unfortunately for everybody, but mostly Heath. But sitting 900 miles to my northeast is my bad friend, Eli Bosnick. Eli, how are you this fine afternoon, sir? I'm fantastic, Noah. Uh, I must have accidentally taken some acid this weekend, so I saw something. I don't know if it was the movie, but it was fabulous. Like, I'm hoping our hallucinations all line up for this episode, yeah. <laughs> and also joining us today is the co-host of the Philosophers in Space podcast and the Embrace the Void podcast and a very special guest masochist, Aaron Rabbi. Jew. <laughs> Aaron. <laughs> Welcome to God Awful middle movie, name. Sir. Oh, thanks for having me. Thanks for having me back, guys. This is great. So I'm playing Heath in this episode, right? Um, Yes. Which means I'm the racist Eli, I think is the way that works. (laughs) Uh, Oh, that's his new brand. There we go. You're tall. Right. And my pedophilia preferences, though, go straight or go straight, right? Yeah, it's... Yeah, little girls, I think, and and scotch, <laughs> scotch and little girls, and mm-hmm. racism and wild card, wild card. All right, all right, I'm yeah, tuned exactly. in. Let's do this. All right, okay. So, but be- before you take on the Heath persona all the way, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, about philosophers in space. Are you guys are you guys really in space for that? Well, technically, we're all in space. I don't, I don't oh, know if we told you that. Good point. Science, okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> um, yeah, it's you know, it's another way to. Um, trick people into talking about philosophy by pretending like it's something more interesting. And right uh, I love it so much. <laughs> yeah, no, I, that it's, it's a pretty awesome show. I, I, you know, I highly recommend the episode that I guested on more than the other, the other episodes are still pretty good, but uh, you know, it's a fun concept. It takes a lot of uh, uh, really cool um, philosophical concepts from modern sci-fi, which really honestly is kind of where everybody gets their, their philosophy now, right? That's yeah. where philosophy lives is mostly in our sci-fi at this yeah, point. Yeah, sci-fi is just philosophy with better special effects, basically. Yeah, there <laughs> you a, go. a bigger budget. <laughs> All right, so tell us, Aaron, what will we be breaking down today? The Laws of Eternity. Yeah! That is a great name. I assume we're going to find out exactly why everything sucks all the time forever. <laughs> we will. We will, in fact. That's pretty much what's <laughs> happening here. We will find... So, like, this is one of those things where we will find so many answers and so many more questions. Yeah. <laughs> so, Eli, how bad was this movie? Uh, well... If you just did way too many shrooms, but you love the color yellow, you will love this movie. 
this isn't just the craziest thing we've ever watched. It's one through five of the craziest yes, things right. we've ever like, watched. Act three is the craziest thing we ever watched, but act two was the craziest thing before <laughs> that. I was thinking about this in relation to the anime craziness scale. Like on the Christian movie scale, this is absolutely bananas. But like on the anime scale, this is still slightly above medium, I think, right? On the <laughs> yeah, weirdness, no. like this could have gotten a little weirder, but it gets pretty weird. Well, but consider this, though. Okay, so medium crazy for an anime mm-hmm. as a religion, <laughs> right? Like, you really summed it up right there. Okay, so this film is brought to us by the Happy Science Cult. That's literally, I mean, they don't a call themselves name. a cult, but yeah, but they call themselves the Happy Science Group or something. They're a fucking cult. And they're the brainchild of... They're the child of this dude, this Japanese dude who decided he didn't want to be a, you know, a worker anymore. So he decided to be a guru and he just came up with one of these lazy ass, just mush everything together and call it a new religion <laughs> kind of religions. <laughs> yeah. And also, apparently, he's wildly racist. The guy he like like literally the religion is based on ranking the races, right? Like yep. the, he hates Chinese people and Koreans. So it's like it's different. Than our racism, but not really. Yeah, and we should point out he is the star of this movie. This movie is supposed to be his origin story. Well, sort of, yeah, sort of, <laughs> like slightly, slightly fictionalized origin story. And, and the the fact that these people are wildly racist gets a little confusing as the protagonists of this story appear to be a bunch of Aryan white people. Like well, with Japanese names, though, right? The only ones right. that are able to get to the highest level of heaven are the ones with the Japanese names. Right. And blonde hair. Those are two important <laughs> factors. And we're discussing the <laughs> racial components of this religion. All right. So is there anything you guys want to nominate this one for being the best at being the worst at? Sure. I, I will nominate this for best worst referencing of every theory ever, because oh. as Noah said, they really do put everything in the blender like it all goes in. And I'm, I, I, you know, you all know me. My my shtick is 100 percent noun, verb, pop culture reference, philosophy concept. No one really cares about. Right. I'm all about the references, but these <laughs> people really go deep with it. Yeah, it's amazing to me how many like mutually exclusive concepts they throw out together. <laughs> yeah, yep. it's the if you've read if you've read Dirt Gently's Holistic Detective Agency, the Electric Monk is sweating at the end of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay, so I was going to go with best worst spell check preview. All right, so a little behind the scenes here on, on how I do my job. Usually Eli goes through and he writes the notes first and then I have to spell check them. Otherwise, I have to look at his misuse of the fucking form of there all the way through as I'm writing my notes. And I just can't handle that. So I spell check it, which means I get a little glimpse of what's coming based on which words I'm spell checking in this movie. (laughs) It's several references to God Eagle. It's and then (laughs) Thomas Edison said, and it's like, oh, and now we're in a glass city in the ninth dimension. Like, what the fuck are we about to watch? (laughs) Does he mean God Angle? (laughs) It never disappoints. And on that note, my best worst is best worst 
celebrity appearances. (laughs) Here's the wonderful thing. I I can rarely say you should absolutely watch this movie, not put it on at a party, not, yeah, fast forward to this part. You should watch every single second of this movie. It is on YouTube. It is a blessing for us all. I literally yeah. told Eli before we recorded, I'm like, we should review this once a year. Just when we yep. do a bad one, we have to do like silence and it's three and a half hours. We should reward ourselves by doing this movie again. I feel truly blessed to be here. And this movie literally never stops getting crazier with its celebrity appearances. You are always going to a higher heaven and there is always a weirder choice for the next person at that next level of a higher head. There is there is not a single second of this movie where I was, okay, I kind of saw that coming. Not nope. a second. <laughs> no. Not a single second. I am zero for 1,432 in this movie. Like Dante yep. on shrooms might have seen some of this coming. Yeah. Yeah. You could, you could literally say you did not see parts of this movie coming and it would be yeah. true, right? There we go. <laughs> Listen to this again at the end. That'll be even funnier. All right. Call forward. Time is not real. <laughs> All right. Well, we have epic levels of insanity waiting for you on the other side of the break, so we'll keep it brief. When we come back, we'll dive into all the random philosophical ejecta that is the laws of eternity. So, Aaron, philosophy, huh? Yep. <laughs> so do you like you like think about all that way out there trippy stuff all the time? I mean, not really. I mean, philosophy is just like a system of. So, like, why do men lose their hair? Right. Well, that, that that's biology, not really philosophical mystery or anything. Sure, 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 sure. Right. I get it. Nobody knows. Nothing we can do. Just like all the other philosophical philosophical. No, questions. no. I mean, like, there's forhims dot com. I'm sorry, what, what's a, what's a forhims.com? Uh, it's a one-stop shop for hair loss, skincare, sexual wellness for men. Oh, like, like, a, like a, the skincare was inside you all along. N- no. They offer well-known generic equivalents to name brand prescriptions, right, to help you keep your hair. Oh, boring, so they, straightforward. Uh, they, they send a doctor to your house? No. In the, in the mail? No. No. Answer a few quick questions and then a doctor reviews them and you can uh, and can prescribe you what you need. Okay, but what do we need? Am I right? The philosophy is that. Right. Well, if people want to order now, GAM listeners can get a trial month of hymns for just $5 today right now while supplies last. See website for full details. This would cost hundreds if you went to a doctor or a pharmacy. Go to forhims.com slash gam. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash gam. Forhims.com slash gam. Yeah, but it's like, does hymns need you or do you need hymns? Am I right? That's nice. You're you're just like human job security for me. What? So good. In your head. <laughs> Aaron, Aaron, really glad you're here, dude. Yeah, we thought your background in philosophy like really, really help out with this week's show. Oh, that's so kind of you. Happy to be here. Yeah. So, uh, okay. So, in your opinion, you know, philosophically speaking, who was the god of science, Thoth or Thomas Edison? Ooh, the god of what now? Ooh, ooh, better question. Sorry, this will probably help. Philosophically speaking, are you more of a sixth or a seventh dimension? Oh, guy? good one. D- dimensions. 
And, oh, and if Mother Teresa goes to hell, does she go there to get the people that she sent there? Oh, that's a thinker. That's a thinker. You guys brought me here to torture me, didn't you? He did, too. Yes. yes. Mm. Spirit phone. <laughs> hey, podcast listener. A lot of you have asked where Heath has been for the last two shows. And, well, we think it's important we be honest with you. Sure, we could tell you he's on vacation, but the truth is, he's mad that you aren't coming to our live show in Denver, Colorado on March 9th. I know, I know. Many of you live very far away and can't come, but Heath knows that many of you can come, and he's not coming back until you buy your ticket. We don't know how many tickets we have to sell or who has to buy a ticket before he'll come back, but just to be on the safe side, please check the show notes and buy yours today. God Awful Movies, live in Denver, Colorado on March 9th. Buy your tickets, or Heath will never come back. <laughs> and we're back for the breakdown, and we're going to open this up in the near future with three buddies visiting the Edison Museum in New York City. <laughs> All I have here is say what you want about this cult. These motherfuckers can logo. <laughs> <laughs> that they can. That they can. So, yeah, so we got we start off with these three friends. One guy is super excited to be at the Edison Museum. He is jerking off to every light bulb in that place. Another mm -hmm. guy is kind of bored and wants to go. And a third guy is checking out restaurants on his phone. So already there's a good Noah analog and a good Eli analog. Um, Aaron, I'm afraid <laughs> you're going to have to be blonde douchey guy here. That's fine. I can play Team Tesla. Okay. Right. <laughs> this guy doesn't deserve a museum's bullshit. <laughs> so, well, oh. right. Didn't even invent that. Company invented that. Yeah, right. Before right. Some, attributional copyright. Name on it. Saying. Alternating current. Some people think like pigeons. <laughs> okay, so I, I have to mention this right away because this was a weird idiosyncratic torture for me. The subtitles in this yes! film. <laughs> do not match the words. Okay, so here's what happened. Like somebody went through and did the subtitles, translating them from Japanese, and then someone else went through and did the dubbing, translating from Japanese, and they weren't on the same page on the translations. Nope. One of them knew English way better than the other one. <laughs> yes. That's uh that may just be your misperception not being an eighth dimensional being. They might actually oh, right. sing oh, off if you get to a higher <laughs> level. <laughs> I was listening to this in the third dimension. Yeah, that's your problem. <laughs> the subtitles being slightly different from the words being spoken in this movie is the first of many times I would say to myself, man, if I was watching this high, I'd be upset. <laughs> I was watching this high. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's undistinguishable whether I was high or not. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. Everything lost meaning, including the concept of normal brain function. Okay, so comic relief guy, as they're walking around, notices that Thomas Edison once tried to make a device that would communicate with spirits. Now, the reason is because Thomas Edison was a crazy fucker. Yes! Yeah. Why would you include this in a movie where you're going to make him see like such a rational person? He's a higher being in a different dimension. Yes. You know what? I take it back. I take it back. I just heard what I said. Yep. Hey, yep. <laughs> the only reason they need Edison is because he was a crazy fuck. <laughs> well, I mean, I assume that the idea was you started off by just hating people. Right. And you go okay. from hating people to wanting to talk to spirits, to higher dimensional being, to 
wherever this movie ended up. I got uh, lost. Yeah, right. Exactly <laughs> I would love <lost>. using <laughs> words to explain that. Yeah. Yeah, so they're reading about his spirit phone and Ryuta, who is going to be the character, the main character of the movie, has some kind of weird demon epiphany as he's reading yeah. it. He sees the eye of Sauron out of the corner of his <laughs> eye. It's unclear. Yeah, yeah. A little, a little bit of Jew whispering in the background. <laughs> <laughs> I have a J card. I can make that joke, too. I'm yeah, just well, there you, exactly. there you go. There you go. Someday I'll be able to cricky paw, too. That's right. <laughs> Uh, to convert or something. All right, so it, so they're reading all this, and, and they also have to make a big deal out of the fact that the first recorded thing ever was Mary Had a Little Lamb. That is going to pay off, let me tell you. <laughs> and I was super happy that they got the girls from Freddy Krueger to get to do this song. I'm yeah, glad they're still working. It was all hell, wasn't it? <laughs> I think Great. that actually was. The, did they play the actual first recording in this? They may have. Or, I think or, they were some version of it, right? They, Right. Well, and then they had the kids singing over it to make it extra creepy. Okay. I was going to say, I'm a big fan of the um, the skeptic guy in this one scene. Right. While while the two friends are obsessing over all of this stuff, you've got the one stem lord in the background who still thinks that science, like technology, is actually about rationality, and he's like, maybe we shouldn't give a shit about this stupid spirit phone thing. No, this is why you're going to end up in hell. Spoilers. (laughs) Yep. Yep. That's Patrick. He will be the cynical skeptic bad guy throughout. Okay. So the buddies. I end up fucking a pigeon. Yeah. (laughs) So the buddies leave an 84 story (laughs) Thomas Edison Museum or something. And they're looking for a restaurant on their phone and they get lost. And I'm like, okay, I I already got that this guy was supposed to be the Eli of this movie, but okay. (laughs) Yeah, who put the noob in charge of the Pokemon Go? This is bullshit. (laughs) Also, just this stupid little thing that bothers me. Whenever we see near future, like for some reason, people always put like clear phone screens. See, why why the hell would you want that? You know what's great about my phone is that I can't tell what's on my phone with it. (laughs) Oh, this is way harder to read. The future. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Also two-handed now. So they managed to be like, have you ever been tired of using only one hand yeah. with your phone? Well, don't worry. Someday it'll be the size of a Game Boy DS. <laughs> I blame Spielberg for like 75% of this. Yeah, no, I think you're right. All right. So as they're walking around Lost, they run in, they run into... Dan Snyder's version of a Native American. <laughs> I just wrote in my notes, holy shit, it's Nathan Phillips. Quick, put on your hat and smirk. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking, well, if we are playing Pokemon Go, right, a wild Native American is a rare spawn. Oh, yeah. So you should definitely catch that shit. <laughs> Gotta uh, feed him berries. Right. Feed him berries. Uh, uh, it's racisming, right, I think there. Yeah, no, exactly. But she brings a message from Thomas Edison via the spirit world. By the way, it just gets crazier from here, right? They're wandering around New York City, the empty streets of New York City. They run into a Native American who has a message from Thomas Edison via the spirit world. That's the starting point of the crazy. Right. Yeah. So so they head back to her teepee, which is in Manhattan. Her Manhattan teepee. Yeah, those go for about 8400 a month, actually. But that's yeah. a nice one. So, I mean, so far, this is the standard intro for any Miyazaki movie, right? <laughs> you've got fetishizing of early industrial technology, and you've got a cryptic old lady who's doing some weird shit with minors. Like, no, that's true. spirited away right now. Yeah, so far, we are well on track for an Oscar nomination. <laughs> right, right. If nothing goes wrong from here on out, this could be a good movie. Spoiler alert. Um, it's not. Okay. It, it did go wrong. 
so she explains, she's like, I'm a shaman and I get messages from dead people all the time. I got to admit, fangirled a little when Thomas Edison called, though, right? Thomas is pretty great. Thomas Edison, light bulb oh, guy. Nice break from people's grandmas, let me tell you. <laughs> she does by far the worst Thomas Edison impression I've ever seen. Though. Oh, like, my God. This is a guy who's famous for having recorded his voice. Yes! You could have practiced a little bit before we got <laughs> on the stage. Yeah, so, but she channels the spirit of Edison. Edison is calling upon Ryuta to finish his spirit phone. Mm-hmm. This calling on, uh, like, Edison, right? If you take out the weird anime swooshing effects, right? This is three young individuals watching an old woman have a seizure, right? Yep. <laughs> Like I, I wanted one shot from like a normal person's perspective and just how creepy it would look to watch her just be twitching on the floor. In front of them. <laughs> Guys, cu- quietly put fives in a glass box on the way out the door. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. Pretty fucking weird. All right, but said, but then she's like, "Oh, Ryota, give me your hand. I'm gonna electric et touch you, and you're gonna get some equations from this, right? You're, yes. you're gonna see a blueprint for your spirit phone and the visions that pass." By him during their electric touch communicating spirit moment is a preview of how crazy it is. It's the Da Vinci man, but then there's also just like some E equals MC squared. And then some spreadsheets. You had this dude's taxes. (laughs) Someone's playing ski free. (laughs) And this is great because we're only six minutes in and my shrooms are already coming up, which means A, you know they're a strong batch, right? And B, you're going to go for a while here. Fortunately, too long. Yeah, so he's like, Ryota's like, I get it. Thomas Edison wants me to build the spirit phone. Uh, Black Eli, this is Roberto, he is in. He's 100% he's like, yes, spirit phone. I was just thinking that. The instant he says it, he's like, so I'm thinking we'll build a spirit phone? Fuck. Yes, I'm in. Let me get my Nintendo 64-sized phone and we are out of here. Yeah. This may be me watching, spending too much time on Twitter, but this scene for me, Ryuta was Jordan Peterson, right? The black dude is the skeptic movement. The spirit phone is gender essentialism. And like the rest of us are the blonde dude just like looking on in horror (laughs) at what is happening to our community. Oh, Yuko is pick me feminism. I get it. I get it. Yeah, there you go. All right. So now to really double down on the Eli analog here, we see Roberto. He's biking along. We get a close-up of his Velcro shoes and his way-too-big-for-him ankle-length basketball shorts. He's on his way to help. They're, they're back in Japan now, where apparently this Hispanic dude, the white guy, and the Japanese guy live. And Roberto is going to help Ryuta build his spirit phone. So what you're saying is I'm ahead of the curve with fashion. Yes, I agree. I, yeah. I do agree. <laughs> mm-hmm. And this is where I start to wonder as an amateur in all of this, right? Where's the Jesus? I mean, I assume Jesus is coming at some point, but like so far, nothing has given me any impression of Christianity in any of this. <laughs> well, okay. So that's the thing about this movie is that like for the very, like the first 10 or 12 minutes, you're like, oh, did we pick the, I don't think we picked the right movie. You know, this yeah. is weird, <laughs> yeah. but it's not. And then, it, yeah. And then it fucking the bottom falls out. Okay. But before it can, though, the love interest has to show up. It's Yuko, the useless female. Yuko, the useless female on every possible plane of existence. Yep. Yes. (laughs) This woman is impressively in a refrigerator. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's so bad. The lack of agency. She's like the lack of agency. A 
personified, right? It, like, oh, God. stand around and look at the men. She would have been perfectly at home in 1970s science fiction. Yeah. <laughs> But Yuko, okay, so like Roberto and, and Ryuta are, are trying to build the spirit phone. She comes in and, and Roberto goes, Yuko goes to a religious school. She must know all about the spirit world. <laughs> I literally wrote, hey, you believe in bullshit. Help us build this <laughs> bullshitometer. Right? I guess all Catholic schoolgirls really are the girls from the craft. That's yeah, pretty much the way that works. Maybe I misunderstood that movie. There's a great little aside here, too, where they're just trying to move the plot the fuck along and get to the crazy. So uh, Roberto says, we're going to build a spirit phone. And Yuko, out of the blue, says, like the one that Thomas Edison tried to build? Yes! Right? She will always have been reading a book the night before on whatever plot point they're about to discuss. So no one has to repeat themselves. (laughs) the least plausible hand-waving ever. It's like, she knows it Im- so immediately that they should all look at each other and think, serial killer, we should get out of the room <laughs> right now. <laughs> I, she literally says it was in a book she was reading last night. I wanted her to be like, yeah, the book's called Bullshit, Bullshit, <laughs> More Bullshit. <laughs> yeah, this was the scene in which I realized that this was just a massive setup for Eli to get back at me for the serious inquiries <laughs> episode about psychics. <laughs> and I deserve it. I, it's fair. It's a fair right. punishment. <laughs> good, good. Um, that's what we're all about here in in my new cult. I was happy science. Where this? We're, we're all joining happy science at the end. You'll you'll understand oh, why. By hell by yeah! Time. All right. So then Patrick shows up. The, the blind guy from earlier. He's like, "Hey guys, I am a cynical skeptic, and I'm here to prove that this won't work by helping you build it." <laughs> oh hey, the blueprints from Contact. <laughs> Yeah, okay, yeah, right. So then Ryuta built, uh, breaks down the fucking spirit phone blueprint as though we were going to later have to fight this as a boss villain. Yes! <laughs> He's like, all right, I will handle this, but you're going to handle the lens. None of this will matter. No, nope. none of it. <laughs> this flashy part is where you can wound it. Yeah, this is the glowing part here. The only significant thing about this is that as he's handing out assignments to everybody, he just looks at Yuko and he gives her a thumbs up, right? He's like, Patrick, (laughs) you'll be great at building the generator. Roberto, you'll be great at building the articulating arm. Yuko, can you make us some tea? Yes. (laughs) Yeah, and this this will pay off in another scene or two. But for the moment, I was like, all right, no job for the woman. Consistent across all mediums. Yeah, right. (laughs) All right, but eventually, and pretty soon, actually, they run out of science words to say. So this devolves into a sciencing hard montage. (laughs) And then we science the shit out of some science. We did not make up our own e-meter. Which, by the way, I should point out that this spirit phone is the e-meter of the happy science cult. So they're they're showing how hard they worked on that thing they're going to ask you to hold on to and think happy thoughts. You you know they worked so hard because they passed out and woke up and it was built. Right, right? yes. Like the elves came in the night. That's the universal (laughs) signal of the science montage is over. Everyone's asleep and one guy's still tinkering on a computer or with a very tiny screwdriver. Yes. Yeah. All right, but the montage wraps up quickly, and now it's time for them to give the spirit phone a try. Yeah, this reminds me of the time that we built a spirit phone. And it is done. Wow, our very own spirit phone. I want to use it first. I call first. I feel like it's weird that you're here now. Yeah. No, 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 because this is a flashback, so it makes sense. Oh, 
You know, right, right. Okay. Uh, so, okay. So, you want to use the spirit phone first? Yeah, I cannot wait. I want to use it first. I mean, okay. Excellent. You know, I didn't think Heath would go in for this kind of thing. I got to say. Slotnik. Actually. Slotnik. Hey, buddy. Guess where I'm calling you from? Check this out. It's a spirit phone. I'm calling you from a spirit phone. Heath, Heath is, that, spirit. is that Ryan Slotnik uh, from Evil Giraffes on Mars? I'm on the phone. I'm on the phone. Heath, Slotnik is alive. You said I can call anyone I want. I want to talk to Slotnik. Now I'm doing it on the spirit Seriously, phone. Seriously, dude? Come on. Give me that. Give me that. Hey, hey, stop it. Hi, Ryan. Yeah, he's going to call you back. He'll do it on literally any other phone. Bye, Ryan. Bye. Bye. Did he say bye? Okay, guys, Eli. we can we, he, we can literally call anyone from history with this thing, okay? We could call Shakespeare or Bertrand Russell or Isaac Newton. I mean, you are going to get into a yelly fight with two out of three of those people if we give you I the phone I am right not. Now. You are. 100% are. definitely. Okay, I don't even know which of those three people you think I won't get in a yelly fight with, but fine, Eli, you call somebody. <laughs> Easy. Hi. Jean Benet? So you are never going to guess who this is. <laughs> Literally every line I wrote after that got edited out of the show. Yeah, boy, me? didn't it. Every single line. Boy, mm-hmm. didn't it. <laughs> All right, so Roberto falls down because that's funny, damn it. And then they, they're ready to fire the thing up. And we get this amazing line. Ryuta says, if this all goes right, there should be a change in the magnetic field. That should cause something. This should cause something. <laughs> Fuck you, specifics. That's right. It's a hypothesis so robust you could debug gender studies with it. <laughs> <laughs> the paper clips jiggle. He's like, no, I was right, though. I did say. <laughs> all I right. said something would happen. Literally something always happens, dude. Yeah. <laughs> so now... They try their spirit phone. At first, I guess they get a wrong number or something. But then Yuko prays. Because you have to pray to make the science work sometimes. Yeah, it's like the old antenna where you'd have to have your little brother stand on it at just the right angle. (laughs) Yeah, right. You need your woman in a refrigerator to pray at your spirit phone. Yeah, there you go. And this is where it all made sense. The reason she didn't have a job earlier is because she's the heart ring of this team, right? (laughs) Heart. (laughs) I don't get a power. All right. So monkey. (laughs) I got a really cool monkey. All right, so then the spirit phone works now, and they're hearing Mary had a little lamb, but, you know, spirit world version. It's Thomas Edison, who has opened by singing Mary had, he's like, you know me, the Mary had a little lamb guy? I don't think Edison thought of himself as the Mary had a little lamb guy. Yeah, neither do I, nor do I think that's how he would choose to open communication to the living realm from the seventh dimension of paradise. Uh, Guys, just getting this together. I'm thinking children's song. Uh, No interruptions. All right. Great. That's how I'm going to open my contact with the world. Super depressing one hit wonder. Remember remember when I did that thing back in the 80s? Yeah. That song was really big for a while. And what's great is it doesn't work. So Thomas Edison then has to be like, sorry, stupid. Um, I'm Thomas Edison. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Ryuta, remember me from the shaman? I feel like this is how I should have opened it. Duh. Stupid. 
<laughs> but okay, but Thomas Edison needs help. Um, right? He says, well, the reason I've contacted you is because there's a very serious in the so whatever you do, make sure you it's the best. I want him to be like, fuck, really blew it uh, using all our good signal singing Mary had a little lamp. Huh? <laughs> you heard every word of that, didn't you? It was, it was crisp, right? <laughs> yeah, so yeah, but they the thing cuts out and they're like, wow, uh, Thomas Edison needed some help. What can we do? But just then, Yuko prays the machine back to life and a mysterious voice offers to take them to the spirit world. I thought for a second that they were going to have to decide to kill themselves to help out Thomas Edison. This movie was going to take a super dark turn. Yeah. At several points during this film, I was wondering, are they dead now? Have they, <laughs> have they sacrificed themselves to the god now? Yeah. Okay. So, but now it's time to meet God Eagle. Yep. God Eagle. <sighs> Yeah. God fucking Eagle. I am so oh. in at this point, right? And in case you're wondering who God Eagle is, uh, he was the highest shaman in ancient Inca, duh. Uh, <laughs> and Yuko knows that, again, just off the top of her head. <laughs> yeah. No, she's familiar with his work, right? She knows all of the bands from that era. He goes, my name is God Eagle. And no one says, do you want to re rethink the name? You want to? <laughs> could, could you be no. Alan? I feel like you could be Alan. Sounds sounds much cooler in Incan, to be fair. <laughs> he is going to represent like 80% of the racial diversity of this entire movie. So. No, that's true. That's he's got to go all in on, on what he's got. So, yeah, so now they, they're going to go to the spirit world with the help of God Eagle. But first, they'll need to meditate. And second, no, sorry, that's it. That is it. First time mm -hmm. meditation. They get an express ticket to the spirit world. <laughs> this is bullshit. <laughs> no, no Kool-Aid drinking. No, nothing. Right. I, well, I was curious about this, Eli, because you do meditation as well. Right. Like how often does sitting up straight allow you to get freaky with God Eagle? Not once. <laughs> Not once. Meditating huh? every fucking day for like four years. These assholes reach the spirit realm on their first try. It's bullshit. Yeah. It's bullshit. This is why I fucking hate it when people spend real life money in a game. You know, they buy those golden feathers and they immediately fly up. Like, yeah, right. Meditation is some pay to win bullshit. <laughs> Three out of ten. Don't oh, waste but your you money. bought the spirit phone. It barely even fucking counts if you bought the spirit phone. <laughs> All right. Nice. So but they but yes, they follow a gold feather up to cloud dimension. Yes. Where apparently God, God Eagle is doing some really serious bong reps, right? It, it, well, <laughs> like, yeah, right. Because it's just it's cloudy all around. Him. And then they do this again. Just this isn't a this movie thing. This is a movie thing. They do the bit where Roberto's like, hey, guys, look over there. And then they all look over there. And a few seconds later, something is visible. <laughs> look at that thing that's going to happen. Yeah, that, right. That, yes, that exactly. area looks like it has potential. Well, they are in the fourth dimension. So it's like I in the old it. cartoons where you, the thing that was going to move in the frame was shaded slightly differently. Yeah, so you could yeah, tell. Right, what that's right, yeah. No, it's glowing. We can interact with that. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But so they, a doorway appears. And they walk through it, and it's at first it's just more clouds, which is fucking hilarious. I just wanted <laughs> to be another part of the clouds. They're like, yeah, that's. I guess that was just going to lead to why did we? But no. But then the clouds clear, and they're in a city. And then they have a weird dick pinching moment. Yeah, they do. Okay, is it are are any of us aware of this being a cultural thing or uh, <laughs> an anime thing? No, 
Okay, because one of the no. characters literally just like, like the way you would like chuck your friend on the shoulder, he just reaches over and he's like, got your testicles. <laughs> okay, yeah, so Patrick says, wow, this must be a dream. And so Roberto grabs his nuts and twists them one time and says, nope, not a dream, because that wouldn't have hurt in a dream. So can't you, I like, in America, they pinch the arm. I don't know yeah. what Japan's <laughs> thing is here, but. Also, you pinch yourself. <laughs> Pinching other people in the dream does not dissuade the idea of a dream. <laughs> maybe it's a, maybe it's part of their meditative practice as a cult. Right, you uh, grab you each go. other's junk and then don't be upset. Something, I don't know. Yeah, Too stoic. That's <laughs> there probably was a lot in this that was just trying to normalize shit for the leader of this cult later. Like, no, it's right. like in the cartoon, you grab the dick to make sure you're not. And, and in defense of dick grabber, right? Patrick deserves it at this point. Oh yeah, right? yeah no. like Patrick's being the guy who twenty minutes into taking the mushrooms is like, oh, I don't really want to do this anymore. And you're like, dude, <laughs> that's not the way this works, right? Six yeah, hours, a buckle st- up, son. <laughs> it's like, I'm not gonna pump your stomach, bro. <laughs> No, we're not calling the hospital. I'll tell you what, I'll turn my phone off and you can pretend to turn it on for the next 45 minutes until you forget. There you go. Go on, play with that brick of plastic. Yeah, Patrick's sick of out of bodying already. He wants to go home, damn it. So then him and Roberto start fighting. And I guess if you fight while you're in heaven, you get sucked into a black hole to hell. <laughs> Now, luckily for them, God Eagle shows up at the last second, right as the pit opens beneath them. Yep. yep. I, I fell out of my chair when Bird Eagle swooped in. When God Eagle swooped in, that was, if I had actually been on shrooms, I would have died at that point. That would have been <laughs> so, the end of me for all of eternity. Even normal, I was giggling uncontrollably for 10 minutes. Okay, so keep oh. in mind, we had just heard the name God Eagle up to this oh. point. This is the first time we get to see the incredibly he's a racist caricature that falls somewhere between native american and jew so i think maybe there's some mormonism in this mm-hmm. and he has giant golden wings and he'll just walk around in this movie like like that's not in need of explanation yeah it's it's like birdman in a way that even dan Harmon wouldn't be comfortable really going <laughs> like <laughs> Right, but he explains to him that they're in the fourth dimensional posthumous realm, which is basically the like tutorial stage of heaven. <laughs> yes, it's it's heaven's airport lounge. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And this is delivered this is metaphysics is delivered in the form of an ASRM video. He just <laughs> quietly monologues slowly what's going on. And to keep him just okay, just once again to explain what a douche Patrick is, right? They're showing him he, the God Eagle's showing him around heaven. He's like, yeah, these are all a bunch of dimensions that you didn't weren't aware of that exist. And Patrick's like, aren't we fucking here to see Edison? Do we really have to yes! fuck around in all these different heavens? <laughs> he's, he's a he's like, no, we can see heaven in the spirit world later. We got to go meet Thomas Edison. We'd have three o'clock appointment if we get pushed back on Zocdoc. I swear to God, you guys ruined my rating. <laughs> All that matters is Space Mountain. Stop it, guys. Stop taking pictures. <laughs> right. Right. God, that's straight. Patrick through the whole thing. He's the bitchy guy you took to Disney World. Yeah. And and I understand his feelings, though, in this particular thing, because like he's described, like you said, this is like the entry level. Like he says that this is like having gone to no place in particular, which really should be the tagline for this movie. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Goes absolutely nowhere at the end. Quit, All quit build up. No. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
All right, but so, but now they're going to use their magical yellow feather to travel to a different part of the spirit world. And as soon as they got there, I was like, man, fuck, it's a water level. Yeah, I wrote, now they're on the moon? Uh, th- this is absolutely Poe's law for anyone who's watched Miyazaki. It is still, it is <laughs> like, even with God Eagle, I am still unsure if I'm watching Spirited Away or not. <laughs> Well, and I love, okay, so they see this river with a bunch of people uh, swimming across, and Yuko just turns to God Eagle and goes, is that the river Styx? What a weird, f- I was reading a book about it last night. It was night. in a book I was reading, exactly. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, and everyone has a silver string coming out of their skulls that are attached to their bodies. Yeah. A lot of, lot of references going on here. You just spin that, spin that big wheel of mythology and just throw something. There you go. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It is absolute <laughs> hodgepodge of all the shit that guy can remember having read. Yeah. Cerberus is prancing around. And then God Eagle shows up to explain this all in painstaking detail. And I got to say, I'd be kind of pissed if like the beginning of death was an Iron Man a thon, you know, <laughs> right? They have to swim across a river and then they have to hike for a day and a half through dandelions. Like, fuck you, man. I just died. Some child soldier who got murdered for not sleeping with his commander shows up and is like, yeah, now all you got to do is swim across. You're crying. <laughs> okay. Let me get Helen Keller out here to help you yes. out with this. <laughs> I, was, I was just thinking of, you know, folks like uh, me and Eli would show up and be like, no, I, I'm here because I don't do the exercise. I'm not yeah, gonna like right. yeah, exactly. start a try like that. Nah, swimming. Wait, if I could like, swim what's... across the fucking river, I'd still be on Earth, guys. <laughs> Cardio. Fuck you. All right. So now, after the river crossing and the dandelion hike, every dead person gets to the Superdome, where they will watch a movie of their lives. So. The first thing that you do after a, say, 72-year life here on Earth is watch a 72-year-long movie <laughs> of that life. Of your of everything you ever did and every thought you ever had. Significantly longer than 72-year movies. Sorry. This would not go well for me. <laughs> okay. Well, that. That is the end of the movie. Uh, again, I, I want to apologize to everyone here. Did, did not know this movie viewing was going to be taking place. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, question. Grandma Betty. Hi. Um, though, those were anal beads. I said, yeah. So they did go there. Um, no, no. That, that was the necklace you left my mother. Um, so those should not have been there. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, I already said I'm sorry, Grandma, so I don't don't really know what to tell you here. Again, everything else that Eli wrote got edited yep. out. That was originally yes. like a nine and a half minute bit. Yeah, it was his own episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, I have to throw oh. out this quick line here. This is such this is a great example of how well translated this movie was, right? So God Eagle says this movie also includes everything he thought of, to which Roberto says, and I quote, you mean it also includes everything he thought of? (laughs) (laughs) And then he does the best gulp thing ever. And I just want to know, like, what horrible truth did that young child just like... (laughs) 
Does he in his head secretly want to skin Patrick and wear him Buffalo Bill style? <laughs> and that's what's going to come up? Oh, and okay, yeah, then we should also point out that as you're watching this movie of your entire life and all your thoughts, all your friends have to sit there and watch that shit with you. It must suck so bad to be the first in a large group of friends to die, right? Like, you go and you do this for one guy, and you're like, oh, fuck, I'm going to have to do this for Larry and his wife and James Rome, and God damn it, this is three, three, four hundred fucking years. Me and Steve weren't even that good of friends, people. Steve came to dinner once. He came to dinner once. Oh, that's the worst. Just sitting in the afterlife. Noah, you were mad at a lot of inanimate objects, like personally angry with a lot of inanimate objects. This is my note for you. This is by far the laziest Black Mirror episode I've ever watched. Where's the where's the Bandersnatch button for click ahead to the less boring settings? Yeah, no shit. Oh, God. So, okay. So, and as as God Eagle is explaining this, of course, we're watching someone watch a 72-year-long movie along with his friends. And God Eagle explains that if you just have happy thoughts, you'll go to heaven. So, yes, this is the religion of send puppy pics, please. <laughs> and this is the part where I noticed that God Eagle has one of the deadest thousand-eye stares of any animated character you've ever seen. And, like... He has this line about everyone that goes to hell. And it just, you can tell he's seen some shit. Like, he is <laughs> two days away from just burning this whole system down. He's going to do the heaven equivalent of grabbing a beer and hitting the emergency chute on the airplane. Yeah. Seriously. All right. So now he takes him up to the next level of heaven, which starts, okay. The next level of heaven starts with Ryuta laying in a field. So heaven starts with chiggers. <laughs> Fuck, I'm, oh, I'm itchy now that I'm in heaven. Great, great. I'm in heaven oh. and I'm itchy. Fuck you. Why is heaven always a big, dumb field? I mean, you know, I had nothing against fields, but fields are just fucking fields. Yep. And and more importantly, this heaven is a is a town where everyone's nice to each other. Yeah, fucking Gentile heaven. And and they farm. <laughs> Who does? They, okay, so all right. So they, sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. They get they get to heaven, and he's like, "Hey, let's go to that town over there." And Patrick goes, mm, it "Seems really fucking far. My feet are tired." And he's like, "It's goddamn heaven. You can fly, asshole. You see my wings? We're gonna fucking fly over to that town." Oh, if this was me, I'd have been like, so can we teleport? Like, don't get me wrong. Flying seems fun. Not sure why we wouldn't just jump to the See, I have, I have the opposite perspective. I'm like, I can fly here. All right, I'm done. Y'all carry on with your crazy <laughs> psychosexual acid trip. Uh, pick, pick me up on the way back. I can yeah, fly. Yeah, you guys got to come back right. through here on the way if to I the can third fly, anyway, right? Right. Fucking and flying is probably an option in this area. So I'll figure <laughs> that out for a while. As just, long as you, know, you say I'll be thank here. you afterwards. Yeah, so, okay, but but no one has any good ideas in this movie. So they fly over to the town. Along the way, they're flying past farms, leading all of us to ask, who the fuck gets to heaven and is like, you know what? I want to do pumpkins, gigantic pumpkins. <laughs> Some people were like, nice heaven. So do I get to work the fields here? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Mormon heaven. This this heaven is so lame that I wrote in my notes at this point. Oh, I get it. You get to kill these people in heaven, right? You hunt them for sport. Bunch of lame assholes. 
one guy in the field's like, I should have thought about dirtier shit while I was still alive. (laughs) (laughs) This did not work out well for me. This seems so much worse than anything, any of their hells. Yeah. And we even get this weird little thank you montage. So they're flying over and and God Eagle's like, this is the heaven for super nice people who say thank you all the time. And we get a montage of everyone in this town thanking each other. And when they thank each other, they get glowing little yellow halos. (laughs) Christian Sims. Yeah, exactly right. (laughs) So, okay, so we fly past the happiness halos, and then we get to the door to the sixth dimension, which leads me to wonder, are the first two still line and plane? (laughs) Right? Like, what are the second and the first dimensions in this universe? I was also wondering if we were talking, like, 2D plus time or, like, what's going on here? Seems like a little bit, uh, seems seems like a weird uh, shift to make there. Anyway, so yeah, basically what we're discovering is Earth's most boring fucking video game, right? Right, because you get a tutorial level, and then you get a fucking water level, and then you get a farm level where you just have to thank enough people to get your head glowing, and now we're on to the sixth level. Yeah, right. And again, movie, racist, black guy tries to break down the door immediately. <laughs> Uh, this is the point where you're like, I was like, holy fuck, 30 minutes. That's how far we are into this two hour movie. And I realized that the time dilation from the shrooms is really ki- <laughs> kicking in at this point. Yeah, very aware of that fourth dimension. Oh, God. But, but Dream Eagle explains, no, the way you get to the sixth dimension is with dreams and ideals. Mm-hmm. So, so Black Guy... Explains that he wants like a nice job and a wife, and, and God, he goes like, "Stupid dream, boo, nerd." <laughs> yes, he's like, "You're dreaming the things wrong." Stick to building generators. <laughs> yeah, dreams and ideals, right? So when we get to the white guy, he's like beyond murdering you and all your people and taking your land and then getting into white heaven. There's there's other yeah, dreams right. and ideals. <laughs> For me, seems like there's a whole nother six dimensions we didn't take from you guys. That was our bad uh, mm. manifest <laughs> destiny here. You know? Do you have any spirit flags? <laughs> <laughs> so you need a blanket. All right. So, but Roberto, yeah, he wants things wrong. So they all think harder. Um, and also, by the way, as they're thinking harder about their ideals and everything, everyone gets whiter. Right? There is definitely yep. an yep. element of Mormonism here. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. They're all moving towards Super Saiyan. <laughs> so the door <laughs> opens because they thought, right, and then they go into the six. Oh, and because they're advanced, right? We get this thing about oh, yeah. them being, mm-hmm. right, which, which mathematically, they can't all be advanced, right? This isn't like, <laughs> not all getting participation trophies, as we're going to find out, right? Some well, the of you aren't really dimension getting in. is participation trophy dimension, really. That's what we're going to find out, right? Yeah. We haven't gotten to the meritocracy heaven yet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> But we will. (laughs) All right. So they get into the realm of light. They walk through a bunch of fucking Starship Enterprise inspired tunnels. And they all like, I guess, split off at this point. Right. Patrick finds himself in a lab. Yep. Yeah. So somebody took a hit of salvia, which explains why the tunnel thing is happening. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) And and God Eagle did not warn them not to look directly into the sixth dimension. So they're probably all going to have eye damage now. Yeah. Uh And. By the way, uh, just little side note, all of the things that are being invented by the heaven scientists in the sixth dimension are things that the happy science cult will sell you. So like yep. there's a there's a pre-disease device, which is very clearly just a bobsled they covered in plastic. And there's a, a perfect 
energy machine, which, yeah, uh, fun yeah, side he, note, uh, early on in the cult's history, Ryuta, the guy who founded the cult and is the main character, was like, hey, pretty sure I figured out uh, free energy. Can you guys give me some uranium so I can uh, figure out free energy for everyone? And Japan was like, no application for uranium denied? And he was like, aw. Oh, you I'm guys sure. are jerks. I've seen the illness sensor on the cover of Goop, though, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Retail's a little high for me, personally. Well, but yeah. If you if you do want a bobsled that'll tell you that you're white, that they have this. <laughs> yeah, and okay, so Patrick's seeing that. Roberto's seeing the free energy machine. Um, so, And then we learn, basically, that the sixth dimension is like it's heaven, but for people who know their shit, right? It's like the celebrity line in airport security of heaven. Yeah, my hell and Noah's heaven is what I have it written. <laughs> it's just like you'll spend all the, for your eternity discovering new science. I just wanted one me walking around the lab going, "Oh my god, bored!" Right? <laughs> you guys wanted to end up at work? Oh, yeah. When's lunch? At first, I'm like. I wouldn't want to be a part of any heaven that would have me as a member when I'm thinking about, like, the things that I'm good at. Like, philosopher heaven? Fuck no. No, oh, thank God, you. Yeah. But then I realized that means there's probably an oral sex heaven here somewhere. And I am super okay <laughs> with that. I, right? My wife I, would definitely not, like, sign the slip that gets me into oral sex heaven. Please, <laughs> you're going to get to go to, to that, whatever heaven you're into? Come on. <laughs> I mean, I mean, like. If I get to go to mouth stuff heaven and all I have to do is believe in like a vague religious oneness, that's basically what I was doing growing up in a universalist church anyway, right? <laughs> yeah. like, that's, that's a lock-in from ages 13 to 17. Yeah, because it's what people do during their lifetime. And I just wrote, dude, does this mean we end up in podcast heaven? Because I can really honestly say I would rather go to hell. <laughs> Some guy being like, so what mic you work? I don't. No. <laughs> There's a big line to talk to Dan Carlin. There's not a big line to talk to the sword and scale guy because <laughs> so I am just going to sit here. <laughs> I don't know what mixer this is. No, I don't. <laughs> Could have gone to magic heaven. <laughs> so God Eagle says, yeah, all of these people are experts in their field that have one thing in common. They're not filthy atheists. Yep. Um, and then he digs into the divine light thing, like that hippie spiritual stand-in for any idea that tries to marry irreconcilable God concepts into a singular entity and gets there by knowing as little as possible about those God concepts. I literally just wrote, he's going to tell me what words mean in Greek, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, God is a glowy jellyfish. I don't see the problem personally. I mean... Makes sense, right? As much sense as any other God concept, I guess. And at this point, the animation quality starts to drop pretty precipitously level to level. Like, I feel like you can see the budgets dwindling yeah, in each right. dimension. Yeah, dimension 8's going to just be like South Park, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> see, they did this way before Into the Spider-Verse. Right. All right. So then they get to the Arc de Triomphe. Okay, this is the weirdest way to open the scene. It's got all these characters standing in front of an archway that's, I don't know, 85 feet wide. And God Eagle <laughs> says, this is called the narrow gate. Yes. 
<laughs> this is the heavenly butthole. Nobody gets in. Not even, not even on your birthday. And your friend's like, oh, yeah, I get in this gateway all the time. And you're like, you, no, you don't. Liar. Oh, come on. Everybody knows it's the best gate. You just got to warm it up and then you enter <laughs> real slow. Stroll. Which is exactly what they do. Well, and what's amazing is he goes, you have to heal and cure 10 people to achieve this level of heaven. And I was like, oh, what a cool theology. Like, if you helped 10 people in your life. Nope, not in your life. Right now. Right now. Yes. Yeah, I was like, how do you define heal? Like, broadly enough, I could knock this out in an afternoon. Well, right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yes. they Okay. So apparently now they had. They just have at the ready rooms full of 10 sick people. Right yeah. in heaven. Who are the sick people in heaven? Is it evenly dispersed? Like, does like are you going to get a room full of people who've got the flu and they just need soup and crackers? I get there and it's a bunch of childhood leukemia patients just like, oh, oh. well, kids, let's hope laughter is the best medicine. Who wants a roast? And what Baldy? if like some group of people are sick that's not evenly divisible by 10? Is one guy going to be? I, yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of fucking questions here. Yeah, and at the beginning of this, you get another long, long, weirdly, awkwardly long shot of God Eagle's 10,000-yard stare, where I just, like, my my theory is the reason these hospitals exist is because he's got to manage these, like, dimensions of pain for people to be suffering in, like, some Native American Mother Teresa so that everyone who comes along has a chance to save 10 people and go to the next level of white heaven. Yeah, right, right. You get all the way up and then they're like, oh, finally, I've gotten to the 10th dimension. They're like, yeah, no, it's just being a sick person for somebody in the 6th trying to get to the 7th. It's, it's not all it's cracked up to be. It circles around. Fish, fish hook theory of heaven. So now we get a montage of Ryuta actually helping people and Yuko not at all helping people. <laughs> Again, they could not make this character more worthless. Ryuta invents a robot bed that functions as a wheelchair and collapsible crutches, which seem like a bad idea. That seems and like a literally... example of bad idea, right? <laughs> and Yuko is making beds and opening windows. Yes. Yeah. And this whole time, it really does feel like an elaborate ruse for collecting these people's souls and what little bit of vital fluids remain in their elderly bodies. (laughs) Like, this is clearly training montage for the children who are later going to be like desiccating and drinking their own parents in this cult. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm not going to say a lot for the guy who's at the head of this cult, but one thing's for sure is that he takes good care of his bodily fluids. Ain't nobody getting to those. All right, so now they've taken care of 10 people, and it's time to see if they get to go into the angel dimension. So they walk through a wildly different gate than the one they were standing in front of before. Like, they know they didn't need new animation, right? And hey, credit where credit is due. This movie literally never teases anything that they don't deliver. They're like, well, seventh heaven, boom. You get to see seventh heaven. Jesus, the inside of Jesus's butthole, boom. You're in there. You will never be promised anything that this movie doesn't deliver. Except for a resolution, which I guess, well, yeah, I mean, they I never mean, offered like there was going to be one, right? I don't so. think it promised that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, okay, so now it's time for all of them to walk through the gate. And Ryuta and uh, Yuko walk right through because they're Japanese. But Patrick and Roberto are white and black. They didn't have pure intentions, you see, when they were taking care of their 10 sick people. It's the best. 
God Eagle's like, yeah, sorry, you guys are going to have to wait here in eternity. You guys are dinks. <laughs> yes. And then he just leaves them there in in front in a white abyss with a gateway they cannot cross through. Just like, you guys are hanging out. You guys are fine hanging out here for an undetermined amount of time. In right? a universe where you can slip into hell by stubbing your toe. <laughs> right. And and when they complain, right, he gives them like some version of Ghost Rider's penitent stare. Only <laughs> yeah, it's like yes. your annoying aunt who you never visit quite <laughs> enough. And like, shouldn't you have hung out with these? Like, shouldn't you have fluffed that pillow a little bit harder? That's why you don't go to special heaven. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh-huh. I assume that now that he's separated the children too, God Eagle will start to eat them. Right. That's the, <laughs> the next stage of this horror movie. Usually. <laughs> consume their flesh Actually, and take their power sort of yeah okay so <laughs> now it's time to join Ryuta in the seventh dimension which is great inventors and business tycoons heaven it's businessman heaven yeah it's getting very cherry to the gods up in here <laughs> oh Ted my Danson's God. gonna show up in a second and tell me about stargates <laughs> it is amazing this vision of because it is literally just businessman dicks heaven like they <laughs> yep. got the guy who founded Panasonic, who the Japanese call the god of management, but literally everyone else understands is the god of overworking people literally to death. They got the guy who founded Toyota and, of course, Thomas Edison. Well, he's right. Right. Okay, so, yeah, billionaires are more angelic than doctors or artists or anything like that. That's what this movie has to tell us. Right. Like, because God Eagle even says at one point, he's like, I bet you didn't expect angels to be douchebag billionaires. (laughs) You never thought angels wore business soups, did you? (laughs) Distracted the surplus labor. Yeah. And everyone else is just like, yeah, no, I did not. Did not think that. I, I mean, still, really, still I, I wouldn't I wouldn't have guessed it myself, but Edison as white Jesus does tie a lot of things together, conceptually speaking, right? Yeah. That really does explain a lot of the Western world, if you think about it. <laughs> right, so yeah, so now Thomas Edison comes, comes floating down on an angel chair of some sort, mm-hmm. right? And we're like, okay, they're going to pay off the Thomas Edison thing. But before we do that, we have to go to girl heaven. Girl heaven! Separate but equal. <laughs> oh, and this is, again, this is where this movie gets, because it's good, it's crazy, but this movie is like, hey, hey, lean on in here, lean on in here, all right? That's how fucking crazy we are. By the way, when she gets to girl heaven, she's just on this island alone, and I wanted so badly for like a, a soaking wet Idris Elba to come out of the water. <laughs> He's got three tongues coming out of her mouth. I'm just like, all right, Yuko, I get you, girl. Yeah, unfortunately, female heaven is just spa day, right? Yes. Gender essentialism, all it gets you is sitting around. Like, there's various pretty places for you to stand and think about men who are doing productive things, like spa days and heart rings. That's all you get, ladies. Yep. Well, this is where she meets her first angel. <laughs> the one, the only, Helen Keller. <laughs> Helen Keller shows Ooh. up. This- Helen Keller, who Yuko introduces by going, who spent a lifetime fighting deafness and blindness. Um, no, no, she did not. <laughs> I mean, she was deaf and blind, but she wasn't trying to cure either of those things. And then she meets another angel, Florence Nightingale. I was my note here is literally just Florence Nightingale. I am weeping with laughter. I cannot see the movie. 
<laughs> yeah. Are there no famous uh, Japanese women, right? Is Scarlett Johansson going to play every character? <laughs> right. Oh, God. Yeah, the, the, the silliness just ramps up exponentially from here on. But meanwhile, Patrick and Roberto are still bitter that they didn't get to go to cool kids heaven. Yeah, it's just me and Heath watching Noah on the Atheist Experience. Look at, well, I wanted to go to the, I was in Dallas, I could have made the time to busy. Black dude's pretty cavalier about like, he just, he doesn't get to go anywhere and he has no idea what's coming next, right? Like, as far as these people know, at the end of the waiting, they're going to some kind of pain dimension, but he just doesn't seem to give a shit. Nope, nope, but they are having, they're starting to have some pretty dark thoughts and like so as they start arguing, at one point Patrick goes, You know what? Maybe God isn't fair after all. And then at that point, as though to prove Patrick's point, the ground opens up under them and they land in hell. Yep. And I love the visual right before this where they're getting angry and they're fighting and like evil venom symbiote starts to grow out of the top of their heads. Yes. Like like Tim Curry from Fern Gully is going to show up and save this movie. <laughs> and like if Tim Curry's character from Fern Gully had shown up, that would have made sense in this movie. Like oh, yeah. nothing was beyond normal at this point. No. Taught a generation of kids that pollution was gay. <laughs> so... All right, so then they, they show up in, in hell, and I had this character down originally as Wild Bill Hickok, their hell guy. Oh. Yeah, Sam, Sam Elliott. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. But it will be so much. I'm going to save the reveal for when they give it to you. Mm. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. But it's going to be way better than the niche I put him in. <laughs> so, all right. But yes, they follow the cackling evil guy they met in hell. That seems like a good idea. <laughs> yeah. And I had some problems with believability here because like they just follow him. Like, where is the kid tested Eli approved windowless van that yeah, Ron right? Swanson should clearly have to shepherd these <laughs> children into his murder basement? All right. So meanwhile, back in heaven, Thomas Edison is filling Ryuta in on the plot a little bit. Yep. Uh, we learn here that normally Edison hangs out in the eighth dimension. He's a little too good for the seventh dimension bullshit. Um, but he's willing to <laughs> stoop to Ryuta's level this time. Oh, my, it's amazing. And, and this is a real scene of the movie. Ryuta's like, hey, didn't you bring me here because of the spirit phone? And Thomas Edison's reply is literally, hey, chill out, okay? I'm going <laughs> to gonna talk some more about reincarnations and science and bullshit. No, 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 not and... No, the science of reincarnation, as he says. Uh -huh. That's what we're going to talk about. Yeah. Do you know my reincarnation? This is certain, suddenly becomes an episode of Be Reasonable. <laughs> <laughs> this is where we learn that um, Thomas Edison was Gutenberg and Cy Long. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, he invented paper printing and light all so that people could study their Bibles and their Buddhist teachings better, you see. I wanted him. I wanted him to be like, and obvious, because he goes, and printing led to spreading the Bible. And I wanted him to be like, so my bad on that one, right? <laughs> but, um, and then he says a line that I, I, again, I watched this movie first. I bet would literally kill Noah. The essence of science is convenience. <laughs> oh, there were so many, anytime the word science appeared in a sentence, I died a little bit, right? <laughs> Science is convenience. You know, like when you buy CBD at a convenience store and then you pretend it works <laughs> while watching this movie. <laughs> so, science. He says at one point that science is a means to advance ourselves spiritually. 
Um, he says science is in danger because no one believes in God anymore. This is also where he says that his spirit phone is a Columbus egg, which is so many layers of nonsense in a single <laughs> sentence. It's an onion of nonsense. Right? So, <laughs> it really is. So what he means is it's like a, a, a way to find out who knows the truth. But a Columbus egg is a bullshit story about Columbus cheating at a bar bet that has nothing to do with knowing things. It's it's just too much. It's a parfait of asinine. <laughs> <laughs> right? You've taken enlightenment and salvation and you've turned it into an Easter egg. You are a dick <laughs> god. Oh, yeah. Okay. And it's also worth noting because I wasn't familiar with the term Columbus egg before I saw this. But apparently it's this obscure term for like something that seems obvious in retrospect after someone else discovered it. Right. Like, you know, the the, the new world is, is the example. And no. Right. Like, like, OK, so that's not also adding to this onion parfait of nonsense thing that we've got going. It's also just you can't you can't apply that to something that hasn't been invented yet. <laughs> yes. But the message that we're getting from this, OK, is of that, of course, that the religious leader for this cult is kind of like Edison, Copernicus, and Galileo all put together, if you think about it. Right, if you watch our movie. Yeah. yeah. And despite being all of those scientific heroes, the most important thing is spirit, right? This is, yep. We get some of the worst pushback on materialism I have ever heard, and I felt very guilty listening to all of it. <laughs> Terrifying. <sighs> Fucking rough. Okay, so meanwhile, back in Lady Heaven, angels <laughs> from all she's they're showing Yuko around. They're like, look, angels from all the various religions are here not blowing each other up, huh? <laughs> look, getting together. Well, I really want to see how that works out with Islam. Just like, yeah, and I, I know your book is super clear. Um, but we all get together <laughs> here. So if you could just I, I would love for you to just newsweek this, okay? Thank you. It's not a problem because this is clearly all the angels of every white religion. Yeah, well, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> not as mixed as he might suggest. And of course, Yuko is just like, wow, if everybody joined our cult, there'd be no more conflict or wars, huh? And everybody's like, yep, that's exactly what would happen if everyone just joined our cult. And then Flow Knight chimes in, right? She's like, oh, well, you know, the angels of this dimension are all hard at work promoting the philosophy of this cult that this cartoon is about. And like, I'm just saying, those are shitty angels, right? Like this cartoon is literally their best effort to date. These are shitty angels. Yeah, the angels keep you from freaking out when you die. There's a little montage of like angels in a semicircle around a guy being like, hey, 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 you're dead. Alan, come on, don't. <laughs> Don't poop in your hand and throw it at us, Alan. Okay. Okay, you're throwing poop. He's throwing poop. And we also find out that this, some of the angels get reincarnated by, like, parachuting into wombs like D-Day. Yeah. This great uh, atom bomb dropping shot of one of the angels. We do. And then there's this weird check. Apparently, sometimes the angels go down to hell to try to talk people into going to heaven. So we get this weird shot of an angel talking down a demon with a knife. Yes! It's the best. <laughs> God, that's yeah. fucking weird. The demon was trying to hold him up for some demon crack. You know how that goes. I, I guess. <laughs> no, I'm not going to give you the five. I know how you're going to spend it. <laughs> Malcolm, come on. Yeah, and of course, this all leads us to the argument from listen to your heart. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, do we mention that Mother Teresa is here? Oh, right. No, Mother, Mother Teresa. Teresa shows up. But young, hot Mother Teresa, though, not the old lady Mother Teresa. Mm-hmm. Young, hot, didn't torture people for a living Mother Teresa. And in other words, the third angel. I mean, I really did think we were going to get uh, Asian female worth mentioning. Like... Did nobody Google Japanese female figure? Are there, are there literally no one worth talking about? Is it I, all cl- white ladies? Clearly I mean, not. I have Googled Japanese female figures and got very <laughs> different results. <right? laughs> uh, probably while watching this movie, I assume. All right. Well, it, this is the fucking listen to your heart. You know it to be true speech. And I got to be honest, usually when I've listened to that speech in the past, I've gotten at least a hand job afterwards. So, We're going to pause for a quick self-care break. But first, let me give Act 3 the hard sell here. Will our heroes manage to save the mortal dimension from Hitler's elephant monster? Am I making that up? Isn't it weird that you can't tell? Find out the answers to these questions and more when we return for the utterly batshit conclusion of The Laws of Eternity. Eli, are you ready, man? We have to work. Oh, Jesus, dude. What? Casual Friday. Okay. One, we don't work in an office. Two, it's not Friday. And three, even if it was and we did, casual Friday is not just your underwear. You sound like my old manager at Chuck E. Cheese. Can I give you that note? Dude, you need some new underwear. You look like you're wearing a potato sack. Yeah. Guess I could use some new stuff, but just... It's all the same, you know? It's the, well, not necessarily. Have you tried Mac Weldon? Oh, is that that guy Heath keeps inviting over? Nope, nope, like that's six. a different thing. Mac Weldon is a premium men's essential brand that believes in smart design and premium fabrics. Premium fabrics. You mean like, like they make underwear out of gold? Nope, I do not mean gold. Look, they, they let us give it a try and ordering essential socks and underwear was a breeze, not to mention they're the most comfortable I've ever worn. I, I don't know. Now, ordering underwear on the internet, I, I kind of like to try them on in store to know if I want them. You know? Do you? Really? Yep. That's horrifying. Well, Mack Weldon wants you to be comfortable, so if you don't like your first pair, you can keep it and they'll still refund your money, no questions asked. Really? Because I I get a lot of questions when I do that at Target. I bet you do. Well, for 20% off your first order, visit MacWeldon.com and enter promo code AWFUL. That's promo code AWFUL at checkout. Wow, 20% off my first order. All right, I'll give it a try. So long, old faithful. Oh, please don't. Ah, there we go. Wow, your junk is the monster from Bird Box. I have heard that. Aaron Rabbi, welcome to heaven. Wow, heaven. Aaron, I am the world-famous scientist Thomas Edison. I want you to meet all the highest angels, Toyota, Panasonic, Steve Jobs. Um, those guys are all dicks. Like, literally ideal-stealing dicks. Uh, and forgive me, that's your legacy, too. Shouldn't, like, Nikola Tesla be here or something? Oh, 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 no, Aaron. Heaven is for winners. Winners? That's right, Aaron. Winners. See, Nikolai was a genius, but he also tried to build a death ray and then held a press conference where it didn't work. Uh, Give me a minute. Give me a minute. Then, when I stole his ideas about electricity, instead of accepting the minimal bonus I offered, he tried to take it on the road and sell it door to door. 
So I held a bunch of events where I used his technology to kill an elephant. That's the man with the dangerous electricity. No, no, it's actually way better. Listen to me, listen to me. And of course, he did die alone and penniless trying to fuck a pigeon, while people today are still paying a power bill with my name on it. Hmm. I don't think I'm going to like heaven. Yeah, well, don't worry, you're not going to be here long. Oh. Really did try to fuck a pigeon. I did. I did. It's in his memoir. Poor pigeon. <laughs> and we're back for more of this shit. And you could be forgiven at this point in the episode if you thought to yourself, hey, these guys sold this to me as way crazier than it actually is. But don't worry. The crazy is backloaded in this. And to give you an idea just how bad it really is, we're going to rejoin Ryuta in the seventh dimension, the man heaven part. He's in the lab and he utters this actual line to open the scene. <clears throat> Mr. Edison, you're the god of science. <laughs> <laughs> to, to which Edison replies, no, that was actually Thoth, you know, Egyptian the premier of science of the premier scientist of Atlantis. <laughs> Giddy up, chariot of the gods. Here we go. So were you waiting for the crazy? You were still waiting for the crazy? You got the fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah, Edison really does pull a, oh, please, God of science is my father. Yeah, you can, right, right. You can call me Tom. I'm Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we get to Thoth, who is an Egyptian god, so we assume is going to have a really cool head. But no, turns out, <laughs> also played by Scarlett Johansson. Yes, actually, yes, it turns This is basically out. a more racist, nutty professor, this movie. Oh, my he God. He just lists the craziest collection of high gods. He's got La Mu, a bunch of people that he appears to have made up. Buddha, it's fucking nuts. Yeah, he goes he goes into Discordianism at some points, and I'm like, if this is going to turn out to be a giant Discordian prank, then I will. Golf yeah, clap right, you, right. Sir. If you just ended that Hail list Aris. with Mickey Mouse or something, I would be like, oh, okay, you got me, you guys got me. But yeah, but what we're learning here is that there is one spirit above them all who is the great spirit who was Buddha at one point or Hermes at another point, the leader of this cult at another point. But his spirit name is called El Cantare, which is El Cantare. if you don't speak Spanish, that would be the singer. It, it feels like that's a that. The name of the name of their highest god feels like a like a challenge at a Mexican restaurant to get your picture on the wall. <laughs> if you only Google one thing from today's episode, make it El Cantare. <laughs> oh man, and I had to Google it, and like I'm pretty good on obscure gods that I, like never heard of this, and it, it turns out the reason is we've now entered the dimension of them making up their own bullshit instead of stealing yep. some other person's bullshit. Yep. We have reached new bullshit now well and the fact that the japanese guy's name for the super god is the modern spanish for the singer mm. that explains why he kind of had to go back to the well to other people's thoughts so often yep, yep. <laughs> people make the lamest cults so lame so, try harder, do more drugs, and then invent a better god. Oh, right. Like, if me and Aaron started a cult, it would be a very original cult. That's oh, all no, I'm saying. Let's yes. be clear. 
I've already started a cult. Like, I have a cult. It's a Void-related cult. They're great. I love them. Shout out to all my Voidlings, right? They are way cooler than this, right? There is no gender essentialism and a lot more fucking. Well, there you go. How yellow are they? Right, but so Edison tells Ryuta about the eighth dimension. He's like, ah, the ninth dimension is where Alcantari lives. And he's like, oh, I want to go to the ninth dimension. He's like, oh, slow your fucking roll, buddy. I'm Thomas goddamn Edison, and I can't go to that dimension. But you can go to the eighth dimension, and it's, it's, it's really nice there. But there's only one way to get there. And Ryuta's like, ooh, is it like a labyrinth or a, a series of great trials? He's like, no, it's a, it's a Wonkavator, actually. Yep. I have a... I made a spiritual <gasps> elevator. Yep. Ryuto puts oh. the everlasting gobstopper on the table. Yeah. <laughs> Suddenly everyone cheers. Oh, he gets in to go up to the eighth dimension. Really hoped there was Muzak when he gets in. Oh, that's fine. Well, the thing is, is that the entire movie was scored by Muzak, so we wouldn't have yeah. known. Yep. We're going to get some serious elevator music at some point. You, oh, that, that, that does come. It's just not quite yet. That we got to save that. It's really good and important. So we got to save it for like the last twenty minutes. It, several times, and like, yeah, you didn't think there were three songs yet in this movie. There are. Yeah, this All is right. the musical. It turns out. Yeah, exactly. In the third act. All right. Meanwhile, back in Lady Heaven, Yuko's wondering why she's in this movie. Right, and uh, Helen Keller explains she needs to start a wacky cult in Japan. Yep, or her husband does at the very least. Because they, they say, also, you're supposed to marry Ryuta. Um, yeah, she, she's, getting, she's getting training for how to stand in subways next to uh, stands of pamphlets, I think. Right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> That's right, pretty yeah, much yeah, your exactly. life now. No, stand and smile. Stand and smile. Yes. There's an amazing mistranslation here. She says, you were born with the person you'll marry. I wrote, okay, now this is anime. I've seen this. I have seen this anime. We're back in my zone now. Well, well, look, this is a gods embodied in human beings cult. Their rate of incest is very high. Let's no, be honest, right? right? Just by they, there is no steps between Egyptian gods and incest. They are already there. All right. And by the way, we should point out here, because uh, we haven't pointed it out yet, Heaven in this vision is about as fond of lens flare as J.J. Abrams. Yes, there is so much of this movie. I, I watch all the movies on the on my TV, like in my home. And there's so much just white filling the screen or yellow filling the screen that I switch to my laptop to see if I was like sitting in a wrong angle. I was not. <laughs> Yeah, you know how like the last few moments when you die, you experience your entire life, right? This is J.J. Abrams' version of that, right? Yeah. <laughs> all of it just together at once. All of it lens flare, yeah. <laughs> all right, so Ryuta uh, heads to Lady Heaven and he picks up uh, Yuko in his Wonkavator. And then they head to a crystal city with a giant hourglass, the eighth dimension, the shiniest of all the dimensions. <laughs> Yeah. Seems awfully breakable for a dimension. <laughs> <laughs> We've really gotten to some sick visuals, though, right? I wasn't like I was feeling the body high, but I wasn't really getting the tracers yet. Mm -hmm. And now we're starting to get there. Yeah. Oh. So and then, of course, Einstein is there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Albert Einstein is highest level heaven. And they're like, what are you doing here, Albert Einstein? He's like, no, no I'm just doing the... Uh, the contact thing. 
I'm Where Spirit Einstein. I'm just so see. confused. Aren't you a Japanese cult? Like, I, I don't like calling people race trader, but at this point, I'm just really confused. Oh, and, and this is where he describes himself as not Albert Einstein, but more as a luminous substance who excels at physics. But right. he's not luminous. <laughs> well, he, he is at one point because he becomes infinite Albert Einstein. Wait, wait, okay, right? he says I can split up into infinite numbers, and then he demonstrates this by splitting into a very much finite number. Yeah, 40 or 50 Einsteins. Yeah, somewhere in the oh. 40 to 50 range. I thought you were good at math, Einstein. Come on. I also thought you were luminous. Be real. If this movie had finished with a Hall of Mirrors fight against Albert Einstein, this becomes your favorite movie. Well, it's not like the fight that it ends on is not better than that, though, right? Yeah, like, right. I've, That's I've, true. I don't think it, there's a lot of ways to improve this movie. Nothing can be done to improve the final fight in it. That's fair. That is a fair <laughs> piece of feedback. But yeah, I mean, he's pretty much counting Einstein's like it's a Trump inauguration crowd. Yeah. It's, not, it's not believable. Right. There's white boards. It doesn't look infinite because all the white clouds, but. Right. And this should have been a, a warning about what was going to come next because the science that comes next is going to match his counting abilities. Oh, God. Oh. Are we talking about the goldfish analogy <laughs> the here? Yes. Goldfish. <laughs> he explains that there's no time in that dimension. And you can see these animated characters be like, I mean, there is because you just said a thing and now there's <laughs> well, a you time said it after in order. You said so. <laughs> This is what every episode of Philosophers in Space is exactly like. This is what explaining <laughs> nonlinear time to Thomas is like. I'm like, no, Thomas, think of it like three goldfish. And he's like, dude, I th th things are moving through time. And I'm like, I got nothing. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, yeah, but here's the, okay, but here's the thing though, is that his analogy is the opposite. It's an anti-analogy, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. It because he's like, no, there's no time. And so imagine these three goldfish, one represents the past and one represents the future and one represents the present. And he's like, is that supposed to help? He's like, it was supposed to help. It didn't help. Now Shit. there are fish in here. <laughs> I, I mean, like, what was so crazy was he starts off by, like, imagine like a bubble, right? And I'm like, okay, he's going to do, you know, the hyperdimensional 4D sure. bubble theory of nonlinear time. And he's like, and now imagine three goldfish in it. I'm like, wait, whoa. Wait, wait, where are you going? Where are you going? <laughs> Back it Back on the path. <laughs> right. And he gets lost in his own analogy here. He goes, I was just uh, in the 30th century where I will create a time machine, which I will use to go to have been in the past. To make what? this sentence make sense. Yeah, right. Period. Oh. Therefore, sentence is over. And like, you didn't need to do this, right? Einstein, it was quoted as saying he believed in Spinoza's God. And Spinoza's God is a panpsychist. God exists yeah. everywhere and like you could have just done the thing he actually believed. Yeah, you could have just thrown up a the fucking, fucking goldfish. <laughs> All right, so uh, but but just as like quickly before Albert Einstein has to make any of this shit make sense, God Eagle shows up. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, we got to we got to go get your friends. Your friends got sucked into hell. <laughs> yes. Uh, I'm not jingling long. keys. You're jingling keys. Come on. Go get your friends. Right. And we get we get a question here for a second about whether the woman folk are going to get to come along. Yeah. Right. Like killing demons is man's work. Well, 
It's so amazing because she he's like, no, Yuko, it's too dangerous. How the fuck do you know how dangerous it is? You've been in heaven for 30 minutes. <laughs> and how is it any more dangerous than leaving her with Einstein, a well-known philanderer, like a well-documented willing to sleep around with anything that would go to bed with him individual? Well, and, and beyond that, look, the last time you left someone alone here, they got sucked into hell for bitching about something, right? So, yeah, I feel like the best thing to do is to keep Yuko nearby. Right, Yuko's going to be like, Einstein, I'm not sure your goldfish thing. Go to hell! Get down there! <laughs> All right, but eventually they, they agree to let her come along. So God Eagle, Ryuta, and Yuko take the Wonka Vader down to hell. We are going full Dante here. They're going to take us through the various levels of hell. We start off in the hell of strife. This is where people of uh, full of anger go. It's where Noah and I will end up. Nice. Well, I feel like I'm going to get a place right on the border of that and the hell of the bloody pond where debauched people go. <laughs> yeah, I just yeah. wrote because they, they say the hell of the bloody pond and I go, ooh, ooh, people who have period sex. <laughs> and yes, it is, by the way. I thought we were really shorted on the hell of the bloody pond. Like we could have get some really good close ups of some hentai going on there and they did yeah. not get us any details. They also specifically pointed out with the hell of violence, it's the hell of violence and also verbal violence which means <laughs> somewhere there is a hell of centrist tweeting that words can't be violent <laughs> that exists somewhere in this fucking world so. <laughs> all right but and then it, so but they they pass through those hells and now they're going down to the deep hells where all the demons live right, right. we're going to prove once again that the inferno is the best part of the divine trilogy nobody reads purgatory or paradiso because they're boring right heaven is boring show me the demons hell yeah <laughs> all right so then okay but god eagle's like oh hey if we're going to this part of hell you guys are gonna want these jawa cloaks so you'll fit in right yeah, uh, let's try not to stand out god eagle <laughs> I am an eagle that is a human that is a god. Try not to do anything that would draw attention to yourself. And we find out that there's a base camp for the the angels like who are headed down. There's right? Everest base camp on the way down. What war zone are you taking these yes! children into, god eagle? Like, are you going to traverse Yemen or something? Like, insane yeah so yeah so we're all gonna do the jedi thing right these are not the higher dimensional beings you're looking for exactly right okay so then we we <laughs> they find patrick and roberto in a giant tree it's pretty easy there's just the one tree and how so then we realize that that sam elliott character is actually nietzsche <gasps> and we learn that because <laughs> And we learn that because the subtitles come up and say, hey, I'm niche, right? N-I-C-H-E. <laughs> it's not the worst pronunciation of a famous figure we're going to get in this movie, but it's one of the worst. It is oh, exactly what happens. At this point, they, can got, they cannot get any of the proper nouns correct, right? They nope. fuck up every proper noun from here on out. To be fair, when I try to spell Nietzsche every time, I also spell it Nietzsche and then have to go look it up. So, like, I'm, I'm sympathetic <laughs> to the guy who was typing like he didn't want to have to stop this horrible movie to Google how to spell this properly. Yeah, I mean, I usually throw some S's and some Z's and some H's around together and, like, fucking spell check gets it, right? Like, they can, I can get it close enough that spell check can take me the rest of the way. You mean the guy who wanted to fuck his sister, right? Yeah, yes, the guy who the wanted guy. to fuck his sister. <laughs> yeah, the whole book so. about fucking his sister. 
Uh, yeah, and we start getting some lecturing here from Nietzsche, right? And you get the impression that before this scene, right, he forced Patrick and Roberto to sign a thing that says that God is dead. And like, <laughs> and, and I literally wrote, now Ryuto is going to debate him and all the demons are going to collapse, not knowing that I can see the goddamn future. <laughs> David A.R. they this fucking... Cult needs David A.R. White, goddammit. Well, oh God. And what's so amazing about Niche is that he gives the exact same monologue that Thomas Edison did. Yes! Except he's like, yeah, join us. We will create a new world based on truth. That, but I, I'm the bad guy, you can tell, because my tones are darker. So Yeah, okay. So yes. then he, like, we see a series of cuts of all the evil atheists that are fucking the world up, which apparently they all have evil atheist smoke rising from their heads. This is literally the clips they give us. A professor, a Buddhist monk, and a lawyer for the FFRF. Yes! A woman saying freedom of religion means freedom from religion as well. Yes! Yep. And and the other major quote here was, right, they hate the idea that minds come from brains, right? But yeah, the freedom from religion and freedom from not believing is all is also freedom. Like, what else does that mean besides freedom from not believing in religion, right? Like, yeah. that's the baseline. Yeah. Oh, and and what I love is Ryuta, who has learned the truth of the universe 34 seconds ago, is like, I just learned this three minutes ago, but you are wrong. Yeah, right. Well, and his argument is you can tell it's wrong because atheism makes people unhappy. Yeah, the freedom that makes people unhappy. As an actual advocate of denying free will, <laughs> uh, I feel repeatedly attacked by this movie. I feel judged uh, in every well, way. Well, you know, burning your hand, your skin burning when you touch a hot stove makes people unhappy. So that's not true either. <laughs> Jesus God. fucking stupid ass Christ. Anyway, yeah. So atheists speak from hell. That's how you can tell that they're wrong. Right, because Ryuta even says at one point, he's like, "I don't know who's right and wrong, but I know you're in hell, so that that's a big hint." <laughs> <laughs> Which, to be fair, nailed it. Yeah, right? no, Ryuta defeats Satan Nietzsche with the the power of his confident dressing down. <laughs> it's a little bit of prosperity gospel, right? The poor's deserve it. Makes perfect sense, right? Why would you know if you wanted to be better, you could be, but here you are, godding is deading all the time. That's that's on you. Yeah, exactly. So, okay. And then, all right. So they, they defeat Nietzsche. And then, Eli, why don't you take this? Why don't you tell us what element enters the movie after Nietzsche retreats? Uh, it's an elephant dinosaur? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the spiritual monster Behemoth. And, of course, he is being ridden <laughs> slash commanded <laughs> by... Hissler. 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 Is that, is that like Hersler and Hissler? I had a whole moment where I was like, is Hitler copyrighted? Like, is this a... This is they had to get the knockoff Chinese brand. Is there a definite... Like, can you get a defamation case against you if you say shit about Hitler? It's Trump's America. I wouldn't be surprised. Yep. But yes... Hitler is here with his dinosaur elephant to whip Ryuta's ass. <laughs> yeah, so. he looks like the graphics right here are particularly horrifying, though. I like the elephant looks like someone's nephew, like, brewed oh. in the afternoon. Like, 
it's weird because everything around it looks like it was drawn relatively properly, but like this one thing looks like polygons. It's so weird. Also, Hitler is drawn really weird. He's like super wide. Yeah. Okay. So, guys, I just read this is the sentence I wrote in my goddamn notes. The sentence is So Hitler orders a dinosaur elephant to kill God Eagle. There's nowhere to go from here. Like, I feel yeah, like not only must the show end now, but my life as well. Yeah, it's the series finale <laughs> of all of our shows was when Hitler commands behemoth the evil elephant to shoot fire and poison smoke at God Eagle. <laughs> mm-hmm. And this movie gets weirder. We are not at the no, peak weird no, of this movie. it's going to get weirder no. yet. Right. The next line for me is get him Indian Gandalf. So like (laughs) the paradox of this movie is every moment is going to be weirder and simultaneously the weirdest thing you've ever seen. Yeah. 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 Okay. But and then, of course, Nietzsche throws out his catchphrase. Right. So God Eagle tries to fight Behemoth, but Behemoth fucks him up and Nietzsche starts yelling out, God, he's dead. God, he's dead. Because it's Nietzsche. Right. Get it? Right. (laughs) So it's all his lots. It's one pony, right? Just ride that pony. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I feel like he calls that out way too often. He's going to get a talking to. Finally, God is dead. The truth shall never die. No! They've escaped. Nietzsche, can I talk to you for a second? Uh, sure, Hitler. What's up? Look, I am just as disappointed as you are that they got away. But you're saying God is dead way too early, way too often. What? Me? Really? Yeah, like like you were calling God being dead when God Eagle ran into Behemoth's head, you know? That's true. I, so, did. so like, I didn't. So like next time, why don't we just wait? You know, to, like, really make sure God is dead before we say God is dead. Okay? Okay. Yeah. No, that's a good note. I got it. Okay. I got it. Good. Also, uh, your Amazon order came. Really? I wasn't expecting it until Thursday. God is dead! See, now, see, this is what I'm talking about, Nietzsche. You, you know what? I heard it the moment it came out of my mouth. Yeah, this is not the last time he's going to he's going to misfire on that. So but now it's time for. OK, so God Eagle's down for the count. Ryuta's going to have to kick that dino elephant's ass himself. But luckily, he knows how to call forth Johnny Sacco. It's a is it the Power Ranger? Ultraman shows up. It's very unclear. He he yells the truth will not die. And then a giant robot shows up and is like, hey. How's it going? And Ryuka, Ryuko isn't even surprised. He's like, finally, my giant god friend <laughs> robot is here. Yeah, it's, it's almost a mech. I mean, I guess we'll like give it to them. But I feel like Team Edison could have been a little bit more technological in their <laughs> yeah, giant robot. Maybe put some armor on them. And look, we're never going to get to talk about this in any other movie. So I might as well say it now. Can I just say it's always weird when the good guys summon one of the worst balanced animals in the world to help them out? Yeah. <laughs> do we have some? I mean, do you have a creature with one leg? Because that would be worse. But other than that, human form is weird. Uh, My note here is uh, this Newsboy Metalocalypse reboot is actually pretty good. Right? <laughs> the Hitler saying thing is really uh, going to play well as satire. <laughs> 
this is a religion. This religion is equal parts hippie weed reflections and Voltron. Yeah. And I'm going to be fair. I'm a huge sucker for, for wet combat and drugs. Yeah. So like, and panpsychism. So really like, I mean, this uh, is, this is the top of my, if I have to be religious, this, this religion is the top of the list right now, you know? Oh, absolutely. It's my favorite. All right. Punching evil for love Gundam style. Yes. <laughs> But just as Ultraman defeats Behemoth, Hitler levels up and assumes his ultimate form. Yep. <laughs> and I love when, when he defeats Behemoth. It's yet again the classic, why did you wait to use your unbeatable laser sword until the very last moment, right? right. Well, why didn't you he needed open? Yuko to pray him a sword, you know, because well, right, she's a right. literal yes. tool. Women as literal weapon. <laughs> Gotta get that special attack bar filled up first. Yeah, exactly. Right. So Godbot Angel Voltron has a laser sword, which he uses to melt Hitler and Nietzsche, who are now dead in hell. It killed hell again. More dead. dead. Okay, look, this is right up there with Salman Rushdie's demise as the best gam death ever. Right. Oh, uh, without question. (laughs) Oh. Yeah, it's no, it's a beautiful sequence. I really, I was, this, this was, if if the movie ended here, right, you'd have like a, you know, an okay acid trip, right? Like you had some dark times, you had some light times. <laughs> but it ended well. Any singing. But you need three musical numbers. <laughs> we so. still need three musical numbers. <laughs> okay, Lord of so the Rings Hit- endings, the musicals. <laughs> so with Hitler and Nietzsche defeated, um, well, unfortunately, the Hwankovator got crushed while they were in hell, but Good news, fucking Voltron can fly him around like a luck dragon. Yep. Bad news, demons are flying after them by the millions. Yeah. So so they, they get to hell and all the demons like pour out into hell and start to wreck it. And into like heaven, the, yeah. Uh, into heaven and all the heaven neighbors are going to move out now. Like everyone <laughs> starts selling their... They're heaven farms. Yeah, and this this section of heaven looks like uh, the set of what dreams may come. And yeah. I was hoping, I mean, like at this point, I would believe it, but like Robin Williams could show up. We'd have an actual genius on, <laughs> on set for once in this whole oh, fucking movie. He becomes a robot and fights the demons. Uh, but no. <sighs> now no. an angel army shows up. Yeah, Ryuko does a crucifix Jewish star super move and his angel army plugs up the demon hole with a mountain. Well, that okay. is my notes and that is what happened. That's what's so fucking weird about this, right? Because the like they look up in the sky and there's an army of angels and I'm like, oh wow, are the angels going to fight the demons? No. No, they're there because fucking God Eagle's like, watch this shit. You guys are going to want to see this shit. I'm going to totally put a mountain right on top of their hole. <laughs> it's going to piss them off. Tomahawk combo breaker. Yes. I also, why is it that why is it whenever you see uh, a, an angel army, they're always done as Roman legion? You never get a barbarian horde of angels. That's true. Right? Yeah, there's no Visigoth angels. Yeah, I, I just want to see the people from the north as angels, just one time, just running at that wall. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> all right. So, but the bad guys are defeated. Roberto and Patrick are super sorry about them literally having to come to hell to rescue them. Yeah. <laughs> And literally, mid this movie ignores these characters so deliciously because they are mid-apology resolution when a light pillar thing comes down to take him to the ninth dimension slash cosmic realm. It interrupts them. They're like, you know, I learned something today. Oh, sorry, I got to go up to the ninth. Oh, it's, I went through an arc, but, uh, you know, 
<laughs> right, he's just like mind. checking his Instagram while they're coming. Yeah, they're right. No, I'm sorry. You were him. saying something about sorry or something. Sorry. Sorry. No big deal. Yeah, so the spotlight shows up. It's so weird and bizarre that I half expected Linus to just step into the middle of it and tell us about the true meaning of Christmas, which honestly, again, with the way this movie's going, sure, why not? Yep. But this yep. shaft of light leads to the ninth dimension, the cosmic realm. Yeah, and Yuko is coming because she's his girlfriend. Like, literally, I wrote in my notes, ugh. Nobody likes that guy. It's just like, oh, yeah, brought my girlfriend to the ninth dimension. Super God is like, oh, uh, didn't know she was. No, it's great. I'm, I'm really glad she's here. Um, I need to go get another chair from the basement. This is fun. This is. How are you? Only God in this case is a 2001 space baby. Right. The awkward space babies looking at you like, really, you couldn't. Uh, couldn't have messaged ahead about it. <laughs> you know that, like, you know she doesn't like my food. Like, come on, man. I would have cooked something vegan if I'd known she was coming. I would have, but you didn't yeah. tell me. All right. So they're going to head up to the ninth dimension. But before they can get there, we're going to get the first song of the movie. This is, at, okay, so they're floating over heaven and they're looking back as, as this music plays at, like, you know, normal, typical heaven shit, the fields and the flowers. And then like Voltron is standing right in the middle of all of that, which is yeah. a little weird. The Dragon Ball dragons there. There's some spinning ladies and a Pegasus. There's some mermaids. Yeah. yeah centaurs it, and mermaids who are clearly about to fuck. Right? This animation is like a six-year-old telling you a joke. Yeah. There's a skyscraper that turns into a soda that Thomas Edison is holding. Yeah, a lot of B-roll from Fantasia. <laughs> yes. And we should point out that the lyrics to this song are as nonsense. There's no melody. There's no bridge. There's no chorus. It is just an ascending and descending <laughs> series of notes um, with random nonsense words as the lyrics. I, I was really enjoying the lyrics um, because they were like a absurd version of the God explains the tide argument. It was like literally <laughs> a series of random questions. Right. And it's all set, like you said, to elevator music. Mm -hmm. And it just and it's, you know, why is there yellow over there? Right. Why? Why do I why do I sometimes my leg falls asleep when I'm not actually lying on it? Weird. Like, why? <laughs> They really That's drag the it out in the song. verses. It's the it's Quranic arguments. The song. What about rain? Though the song. <laughs> yeah, and the graphics are like a worse version of Magic Carpet Ride, which is a twenty year old piece of film, right? And yeah, it's, yeah, it's really thing. I don't know. I don't know if it was like they finished. I mean, the movie's already what an hour and thirty minutes long, right? Do yeah, we need? It's, it's, yeah, it's but not a short yeah, one. Here, here we go. Super is it like the songs. It's just going to be super rambly from here on out. Yeah. And by the way, up uh, on the way to the ninth dimension, you pass a place where it rains gemstones. That seems painful. I wrote in my notes, oh my God, the ninth heaven is bejeweled. Japan has been training us for paradise this whole time. <laughs> and I love that they're so bad at the bejeweled game too, right? Because they did the pay to win earlier, so they now suck at the higher levels. <laughs> There's no way to be good or bad at bejeweled. Um, okay, so eventually, <laughs> the no way for you. I feel, to I feel be like good there's a history just, behind no, it's a that. Stupid note. fucking game where there is no good or bad. You just play until it's over. There literally is no way to be good at that game. Anyway, 
So no, okay. they get okay. there's a lot there. We, we don't have to touch on it today. <laughs> I mean, ask the safe, people who made be jeweled. Ask the people who made be jeweled if there's a way to be good or bad at it. They'll tell you the same thing I just did. I feel like you asked the people who made be jeweled. <laughs> Do you want to tell the people at home about the time you had an angry, loud conversation with the people who created be jeweled? No, just just because there's a score doesn't mean higher is better. <laughs> yeah, no, that's the goddamn game. Okay. But eventually they get to the ninth dimension where Bejeweled makes sense and is a good game. Um, <laughs> everything about this is maximally bizarre, right? The clouds have an orgasm. They, they, everything's made of gold as though God was a rapper with one hit song who thought it was going to last. The the screen is just solid yellow at this point. Uh, yeah, for yeah. like four minutes. I, I was thinking the whole time, please don't be a white dude. Please don't be a white dude. And turns out at least it's a yellow person, right? Yeah, well, right. It's a different it's, color. Okay, Jesus. So here are the gods of the highest dimension who are labeled, by the way, just in case. <laughs> mm-hmm. Je- see if you can pick the one that doesn't belong. Uh, Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Confucius. Mm-hmm. Sure. Moses. And Isaac Newton. <laughs> okay. And Isaac Newton. You're more of a Leibniz guy. <laughs> I was very, very confused by he the inclusion of Isaac Newton. I mean, come on, I knew it was full of shit. <laughs> anyway, oh, but also, but also, I'm sorry, Jesus Christ, Confucius, Moses, Newton, and Lord El Cantare, oh, the of leader course, of yes. the cult. That, mm. Yeah. So. I was hoping the fact that this was all yellow was going to be a signal that, that El Cantare was actually the king in yellow and they're all going to go mad and like claw their eyes out. That <laughs> nice. would have been a really great Lovecrafting end to this movie, but no. <laughs> Sandra Bullock's no. boyfriend shoots him with a shotgun. Yeah. <laughs> Turns out El Cantare was just the, t- the, high, the time you were mean to your mother growing up. Also, <laughs> it's so fun to watch like racism and and uh you, you know uh, ethnocentrism from another perspective right because there's this point where like he's got uh, buddha and hermes and ophelis and, and and thoth and lamu and all these people and they're all like touching the part of the world that they're going to inspire with religion so like one of them touches north america and then one south america then one asia and then one europe and one africa and one australia and one japan Right, like <laughs> Japan has its own god, I guess. And that's yep. the, the weird dichotomy of this is that like these people at the same time believe everything is one. We're all connected. Separateness doesn't matter. But also, aren't some races a little better? Like those are a hard, <laughs> those are two hard theories to square together. Aren't there some countries that get a special point from Isaac Newton? <laughs> yeah, right. No, I love that we actually finally do a movie where they rank the races and Heath's not here, right? <laughs> oh yeah, he did miss out. That's a shame. White did better than you'd have, think, you'd have thought, Heath. White did pretty good, as it turns out. I mean, given that the Japanese guy still codes his white to me throughout this entire, and and he gets whiter over the course of the movie, like he does. Actually, that that legitimately happens, just according to grayscale. All right, so now he's on the beach with a blonde chick in Atlantis because the only rule here is that the next scene can't be something that you saw coming. Yep, and the the blonde chick is the brunette chick from earlier. She's now decided to, uh, yeah, big. embody a blonde lady except she shows off her brown sometimes to make sure that the slow people are following this incredibly important plot point so this is the the couple that started the cult right this is the guy and his wife as their incarnations in atlantis Mm -hmm. that's what we're seeing now 
singing a duet about an Atlantis airship called the Golden Orca. No, I'm sorry, Eli. The Golden Orca was the big golden submarine at the beginning. The airship is a new thing. Were you even paying attention to the right. You know what? I should have. <laughs> These <laughs> lyrics were the craziest fucking thing because it starts out like just a love song, right? It's like, ever since I met you, I knew that we were in love, blah, blah, blah. And Atlantis had this great big submarine made of gold. <laughs> what? <laughs> yep. Uh, By the way, they are flying coach in the Atlantis airship. They are. Right? Yep. We see them like their their carry-on bag being taken away. A stewardess sadly shaking her head. He's yelling at her about like, why would you sell more seats than you have overhead space? Oh, <laughs> Got to wait at Atlantis baggage claim down. This, this does mean, though, that at some point the the recruiters for this are having actual conversations that go, no, it's not a, it's not a chariot of the gods. It's an airship of the gods. <laughs> it's like a, Still goes over the pyramids, you know? No, it's... But, <laughs> Same basic thing, you know, yeah. pyramids. I don't know if you guys have seen, I have been forced to watch uh, the most horrible of all movies, Dinesh D'Souza's recent movie, but there's oh. a weird similarity between that movie and this movie where the, the back nine of the third act is just nothing but clearly someone's girlfriend wanted to sing a song. And so now that's part of the movie. Yeah, right. No, you, you certainly got the impression that this song was here because the wife was like, well, I'll be damned if you're going to sing and I'm not. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, then the song ends. I realized that this is this weird fucking couple telling us how they met. Oh, it was in Atlantis. There's a good chance to get the fuck out of the dinner party. Oh, it's great. It's They're like those friends who met on Tinder who are now trying to make up a weird, legit story. Like, oh, it's so crazy. Friends of ours. Circus bears. Why would I say circus bears? <laughs> um, it wasn't a fuck website. There was no distance... Listed. <laughs> so, yeah, and okay. Now, El Qadari reminds them not to forget to start a cult when they get home. Um, <laughs> and then we get all the tunnel effects that they hadn't used up. This movie is 8% kaleidoscope. Yeah, and, and we're filling it in with just listing all of the gods we've already referenced. Uh, like, yes. I, I, don't, I don't know how to make a joke when there's just no new content, just Winamp visualizer. Like, what do you... Yeah, we're, just, <laughs> we're just taking attendance for everyone we met in the movie. Yeah, really? Yeah, yeah no, this is really... And, and this um, tracks very well with this actually just supposed being a metaphor for an acid or a, a mushroom trip. Because this is like six hours into the trip where you want it to end so you can just go to sleep but like you're not quite down yet and you're just so tired and you're like nothing is interesting to you anymore you're just listing <laughs> stuff so okay now we're back at the lab where they all started and they all awakened for their meditation it was a meditation the whole time but nope but not and we get sort of a little breakfast club close here where it says Ryuta went on to win their words the Nobel Prize in Science. That's yep. the best one, guys. The science That's one. The, the science-y Nobel Prize. <laughs> they don't give out Nobel Prizes for nine-dimensional batshit crazy. Maybe <laughs> string theory. You could quant this probably count as string theory, I think. Okay, right? there you go. There you go. Um, I, oh, and by the way, we also get a Breakfast Club close for Yuko. She went on to be the wife of a guy who won yeah. a Nobel Prize in Science. Yuko gets to be his wife. <laughs> oh. Living the dream. I assume at some point that he manages to get her pregnant with some higher being without actually having sex with her. That's probably part yes. of all of this. So she has that. 
And uh, then they sing another duet over the credits. Oh, yeah, because why would you stop at two songs in the third act? I Was, was I the only one that listened to this one thinking, I wonder what this woman thinks she sounds like? Oh, mm-hmm. absolutely. This is very clearly the untalented girlfriend of the somewhat talented guy just being like, we're the best, right? You and me and him being like, yep. Yes. But the good the good news is the lyrics of the song are filled with exposition because after yes. an hour and 50 minutes, yes. you want another 10,000 year plot line jump cut <laughs> and some new exposition. <laughs> You were in case you're concerned that your cultists didn't feel like they were getting their money's worth in yeah, terms of right. plot line. <laughs> you only stuck about nine years worth of crazy in that two hours. You want to try again, guys? You want to try again? <laughs> they, they really stick the dismount. They will not stick the dismount on the editing here, right? You had you had a mech punching Hisler. How did you how did you mess that up, right? How right. do you how do you drop that ball? Yeah, exactly. Anything but three songs, you pretty much nailed this. Yeah. All right, so here's the awkward close on this. Obviously, we're all going to have to join this cult now. Um, so does anybody have a strategy worked out to how we can sort of like, you know, sneak away from these podcasts without anybody noticing? Um, I plan to pull a Heath and just stop showing up. So, you know, work out for him. <laughs> uh, I planned ahead and already set up a techno cult through my podcast. So I'm pretty much ahead, ahead of the game. Curve. You're ahead already ahead. Yeah, okay. You know, it, it's a growth industry is what I'm saying. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, Aaron, speaking of which, if our listeners are still craving a little more of your wit or, and wisdom or just want to join your cult, where can they where can they find more of you? Yeah, you can uh, check me out on uh, Embrace the Void podcast uh, where we talk about existential horror that we're all living through in the real world, not in the world that we just joked about. Um, and then Philosophers in Space, where me and Thomas um, use philosophy to pretend to talk about um, or sorry, use sci-fi to pretend to talk about philosophy. You, really, that sentence works either way, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, just throw it all together in a blender like this religion. It'll be great. <laughs> there you go. Awesome. Well, of course, we'll have that linked on the show notes, and that is going to do it for our review of The Laws of Eternity, at least our first. I, I think we should make an annual tradition out of this, uh, but it is not going to do it for the episode just yet because we still need to do this again next week. So, Eli, tell us what's on deck. First, Valentine. It's our Valentine's Day-tacular. Is it really everything has to be a fucking... Okay, with another tacular... <laughs> to look forward to. We're going to bring episode 181 to a merciful close. Once again, a huge thanks to Aaron for hanging out with us today, and a perhaps even huger thanks to all the Patreon donors that help make the show go. If you'd like to count yourself among their ranks, you can make a per-episode donation at patreon.com slash godawful, and thereby earn early access to an ad-free version of every episode. You can also help a ton by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes, and by sharing the show on all your various social media platforms. And if you enjoyed this show, be sure to check out our sibling shows, The Scathing Atheist, Citation Needed, and The Skeptocrat, available on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever else podcasts live. If you have questions, comments, or cinematic suggestions, you can email godawfulmovies at gmail.com. Legal services for this podcast are provided by the law offices of P. Andrew Torres. Tim Robertson takes care of our social media. Our theme song was written and performed by Ryan Slotnick of Evil Drafts on Mars. All of the music was written and performed by our audio engineer, Morgan Clark, and was used with permission. Thanks again for giving us a chunk of your life this week. For Heath Enright and Eli Bosnick, I'm No Illusions, promising to work hard to earn another chunk next week. Until then, we'll leave you with a love song. Every song I bought But you and I together Harp sandwich grandma friend 
catch ya. Gents, there was a sudden burning smell, and I was just making sure that, like, one of my radiators hadn't caught my house on fire. Go ahead. No, no. Keep yeah, going. We were just talking about how neurotic your kids are going to be. <laughs> the flame of truth. The preceding podcast was a production of Puzzle and a Thunderstorm, LLC. Copyright 2019. All rights reserved.